Hi, friends. Welcome to God Stories. I am your host, Cassie, and I am so glad that you're here with me today. This is where I have on my friends, both new and old, to share their God stories. From the big, aha, miraculous, life-changing moments to the ordinary, everyday moments that are oftentimes the very extraordinary, life-changing ones. My hope is that you're encouraged. My hope is that you're sometimes challenged. My hope is that you feel welcome and enjoy today's episode. Hey friends, welcome to God Stories. Thanks for listening today. I've got my friend, mentor, Bobby Meacham on today. His wife um, is really a mentor to me, and I'm just so grateful, Bobby, that you said yes to being on today. Welcome. Uh, thanks, Cassie. It's my pleasure to be with you today. Hopefully, we can uh, kind of get together and talk over some things that will help some people. Yeah, for sure. So what I was just telling you and what I... Um, and want to tell our listeners too, is just that you're such a great leader. And that's really what the Lord put on my heart to why I was sitting down with you today is because I feel like you're such a great leader. And again, I don't want to speak for you, but I feel like what one thing that makes you such a great leader and probably the most important thing is that you really follow closely to Jesus. And I know that you love your family so much and lead your family so well. And of course, your team, you're a, um, a major league Phillies baseball coach, and I know you lead them well as well. So I'm excited to just get into your story and hear if you've always been like that and you know, just how the Lord has helped you and just really hear his story um, through you today. Sure. I, I'd love to tell you a little bit. Um, first of all, great is a big word that's... <laughs> it's true. Great leader. Uh, great should not be associated with me right now. But it but, is. Uh, but See, I, and you're a very humble man. It's true. <laughs> but um, thank you very much. But uh, you know, one of those things I've learned over the years as about, about leadership is that God has called me to leadership. God has called uh, all of us really to lead in some way, uh, shape, or form. And and what I've learned over the years, that being especially through baseball, um, being a, uh, first as a player, growing up through uh, playing professional baseball, and 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 being in the big leagues, I can actually help lead people that are around me to what God's called me to lead them to. And and mainly, like you said, um, just the fact that I can help lead people to know Jesus um, through um, just experiences, just sharing those experiences with other people is really important to me. So. Um, you know, just one of those things just about being a leader is God has just really shown me through his word, really, how to do it well, uh, how to be better at it, and how to just continue to, um, even when I'm not doing the things right, to lead people to get up off the mat, so to speak, and and move on towards how he sees uh, leadership to be. So, um, you know, my job is just uh, right now, and as far as I think in God's eyes, is to just continue on a path that's uh, where I just keep learning, uh, keep growing, and and continue to be, you know, kind of not only become, but striving to be the best leader I can be for my family and the people around me to continue to do that. So was the word something that was always important to you? Uh, you know, like, did you grow up in a Christian home and it's always hmm. been something important to you? Well, I grew up in... Uh, you know, I was a Catholic growing up. Um, my my mom. It's really interesting. My mom's side of the family. Um, my mom was Catholic, um, uh, but but her her mom. So her dad was Catholic, but her mom was just a Protestant, just a born again Christian. And on my dad's side, his his dad was a was a pastor. He was a, at the AME Church, African Methodist Episcopal Church. So, oh, wow. so it was. I was surrounded by uh, religions. <laughs> is probably the best way to explain it. And uh, as I got older, I started. Well, I went to Catholic school for gosh for twelve years. So, oh, okay. Um, and so I was raised really in strict Catholicism kind of thing. So I knew the lessons that we, you know we had Bible uh, Bible learning and things like that at school. But uh, what really confused me was the the combination of my dad and my mom. Um, Okay. Because my dad didn't go to mass, you know, he did wasn't he wasn't Catholic, but my mom and, and my brother and I did. So the, as I got to learn all about Catholicism, you learn about you know different kinds of sin, and you learn that all of a sudden it's like, well, if, if you don't go to mass, and it's a big sin if you don't go to mass every Sunday. Really. And, the, and if you don't confess that to the 
a priest that you didn't go, then you're really in trouble <laughs> kind of thing. So yeah. I, I, I really was like confused. So what happens to my dad? You know? Right. Um, so when I went to high school, when I went to high school, it's really kind of grinded on my mind. What happens to my dad? You know, if he doesn't go to mass. And um, so I asked a few people, a few priests there and, and they didn't have any good answers. Really? Okay. <laughs> and so that made me really dig a little further into uh, my thought process of, you know, what, what am I doing here? What's, what's this religion teaching me? Is it right? Uh, what does that mean for me? And as I got older, I, I, I really just sought, sought out some answers and, and, and ended up finding them a little bit later when I was, uh, uh, I guess, in college. That's amazing. So instead of just turning away because you, you just didn't like that, you actually pressed in to research for yourself. That's really neat. Yeah, it was, it was, it was you know, kind of a process, but as I got more, you know, you go to college, you think you know everything. So <laughs> I figured I better learn something. You know, I don't know everything. So I started asking questions. And um, when I played on our baseball team, it was really a blessing that I was on a team that had a lot of players on it that were Christians. And this was San Diego State? That's San Diego okay. State. Yes, exactly. So I, at San Diego State, and, and I was, you know, the big, you know, man on campus, so to speak, playing baseball. And all these guys around me, they were real tough guys, you know, not like these, you know, like soft or worried. You know, they were real tough and rumble tough guys. And they were like, hey, you want to come to Bible study? You know, I'm like, Bible study? What do you mean? Uh, yeah, we're having a study, you know, on, on Wednesday nights. We have, come on, you got to join us. So I'm thinking, well, you know, I'm, I'm a good person. Sure, I'll join you. Yeah. <laughs> and so I started hearing a little bit more about um, just what the Bible had to say, not just religious uh, rules and, and regulations, so to speak. But I started hearing about uh, and reading about what God had to say in his word. And, and it got me really thinking. And so uh, uh, those guys got me going in the right direction. And then uh, eventually I, I ended up signing uh, after playing baseball in college, signing professionally to, to play in the minor leagues with the Cardinals and the St. Louis Cardinals organization. And, and then I really hit full speed when guys were really asking me tough questions. Um, uh, hey, do you want to go to Bible study with us? And then that meant, okay, I'm really going to get hit hard with the Bible. And I did, and and I got to hear the truth and kind of sorted out some things in my life. And, and God showed me the way to, to accept Christ and, and invite him into my life as, as uh, my personal Savior. And uh, from that point on, man, it's been great. Um, <laughs> a lot of ups and downs, but it's great to know um, like it says in First John five, that you can know that you're uh, saved, and uh, I know that I'm saved, and I want others to be saved also. That's incredible. Did he show you anything about your dad? Ah, uh, you, you know what the, the 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 whole story about my dad was. My dad would always say um, when I'd ask him questions when I was in high school about just what I was talking about. He'd say, you know what. I'm, I'm a sinner saved by grace. Oh, wow. That's what my dad would always tell me. And he would never, he never judged uh, what I was learning in Catholicism or never even talked about it. He just, just, he just, I just know I'm a sinner saved by grace. Wow. And I'd always, uh, I always remembered him saying that and I always uh, thought about that throughout the, my quest for finding out what it, what it really means in my life, what Jesus and what God and what religion, so to speak, means in my life. And um, so I'll never forget him saying that. And it really it resonated with me. That's really neat. When you said that, it made me think of Alex because I've heard him say that before too, mm. just like a sinner saved by grace. Alex, your husband. Hey, my husband. He's, he's a leader. There you go. <laughs> he is a leader for <laughs> sure. So you met Gary at San Diego State. Is that right? Actually, we met right before. It's just a God, totally God thing. We met the summer before um, she transferred to San Diego State. Okay. Yeah, we met in Boulder, Colorado. I was playing baseball. Um, in a summer league, um, it was after my sophomore, yeah, both of our sophomore years in college. And it's just one of those things where I wanted to go out there and play ball in Colorado because my old girlfriend lived in Colorado. And so I was going out there to kind of be around her for the summer. And then um, a buddy of mine, his girlfriend went to high school in Colorado, a buddy of mine from college. So we were both out there thinking, we're going to get to see our girlfriends, and this will be great. You know, we'll play ball. We'll see our girlfriends in the summer, which is unusual. It'll be great you know, great to spend time with them and, and be together. And then, uh, But then my buddy Vic, his, he brought his girl to a, to a game, and she brought a few other girls with her, and Gary was one of them. Oh. And so I, I, as fast forward the story, I ended up breaking up with my girlfriend, and it wasn't going to work. <laughs> we kind of like mutually decided, okay, this isn't going to work. And then um, so Gary and I got to – meet and know each other a little bit and then um, when she and then, but she had already planned on transferring to San Diego State before she even knew me and so um, it just so happens that you know God ended up putting us together in that summer in Boulder to know each other and then put us together in Sandy at San Diego State because we were both end up going to, she ended up going to school there and that's when we started dating um, 
right, right, right when school started, pretty much. Really? Our, our was this ju- your junior year? Yes, my okay. junior year. Wow. And then you got married pretty soon after college, I think. Yes, yes. We, uh, well, we hit it off right away, um, started dating right away our, our junior year in college. And then, um, boy, we dated for a year. I signed to go play for the Cardinals. And when I came back, I just it was, I knew this is, you know, what's, uh, there's nowhere else to look where God has, you know, shown me the right person to, to be married to. And I proposed to her. And um, so we dated for a year, um, we were engaged for a year, and then we got married a year later. That's so cool. And I, I, when you said, you know, I was thinking baseball too, is that God showed you there was no other path for you with that as well, right? Yeah. You just knew that that's what you wanted to do? Yeah. You know, I grew up in a, my dad was really a, a big uh, athlete growing up, you know, it was mainly football, but uh, our whole family was into athletics. And, and so, you know, it's just one of those things when you're a kid, I guess, and you I don't know, just, every boy I know wanted to be, in the NFL or the really? Major League Baseball or NBA, one of those three. Your family is still like that. We were talking about your grandson is all into basketball. Your family is very athletic still. Yeah, everybody's still really. It's just, I mean, I don't know. I, I, I that's all I know. Growing up was everybody was into sports. Our whole family, even even my mom and actually my mom knew a lot more about baseball than my dad. So it's kind of funny. But I grew up a big Dodger fan. Always wanting. To, I thought we actually were in the Dodger fan club and 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 followed the Los Angeles Dodgers. You know all about them and all about baseball I, I studied all the all the different videos and watched replays of games and and growing up all the way since I was probably eight years old and, uh, and I, when I since I started to play when I was eight years old or seven or eight years old um, you know I was typically the, one of the best players on the team and just kind of continued on and started to realize you know, I'm, I guess I'm pretty good at this. I need to keep going. And I started having really a, a, a picture of what God was doing. I, I thought in my mind, God made me to be this really good player. And I, and so um, myself and, and a couple other guys, um, we always felt like that. And, and I just can, continued on and, and God let me uh, just get better and better at what I could do. And I, man, I was determined to, to become the best I could be at, at, as in baseball. So it worked out well. I got to play, um, professionally i i was a first round pick of the st louis cardinals after my junior season in college is that when you guys got married is when you're with the cardinals i was with the cardinals for a year uh in the minor leagues in single a baseball which is gosh crazy my where was i playing at the times i was playing my first season in gastonia north carolina okay never heard of it <laughs> yeah right real glorious right <laughs> all this, you know, the glory road of, to the big leagues and then the next year i went to st petersburg and played there uh, in Florida. Oh, okay. I'm thinking Germany. I know yeah. it's not Germany. <laughs> it's only St. Petersburg. Yeah, so, so that's where we all have to start somewhere, right? So we started down there. And then after that season in St. Pete is when is when Gary and I got married. Uh, and then we went... Uh, you know, went back to right after. It was funny. Right after we got married, we ended up just you know, most people going a honeymoon. Well, we our honeymoon was just get in a car, drive from. We got married in Denver. Just driving, drive from Denver to St. Pete, out there in Florida, and um, and and had instructional league, which is just an extra league after the regular season for prospects top prospects in the organization and so we played for two months i played two more months in instruction league and we lived over uh, we rented out this uh little apartment over a garage in a, at a little home in saint pete and that was our first our first home after being married and then we uh just kind of went on a honeymoon to trinidad after that oh you did yeah it, it's funny we, yeah it's a little island of trinidad we just picked it out of nowhere and i don't know how we i've heard it. of that okay <laughs> <laughs> and uh so we just uh you know ba- you know we basically honeymooned there for a week and and then we just you know that was it that was our start of our That's our lives awesome. together mm-hmm. yeah and now you guys have been married 38 years yeah I was thinking 36 and you told me yesterday 38 i just can't <laughs> believe it you guys got married young because I mean, you look young still. So oh, thank you. Well, <laughs> I know. I, you know, I try to keep up with Gary. That's the thing. You know, <laughs> she looks great. You know, obviously, but uh, yeah, thirty-eight years. It's uh, it's hard to believe sometimes because you, I, we, we both talk about it all the time. Like, wow, we feel young. We feel good. You That's know? good. You know, but yeah, thirty-eight years seems like a long time. <laughs> it is a long time, and it's a huge accomplishment. So I'd love for you to just take me kind of on the journey of your marriage and. Mm-hmm. Uh, you kind of went into a whirlwind, just a busyness, I think, with starting your career when you're married. And of course, that's a whole new life. Mm-hmm. Uh, Gary's talked about that to me before. It's just that's a different um, a different life going from no, from uh, what am I trying to say? Just not in the spotlight to really being in the spotlight right. in a sense. And what does that look like? Yeah, it, 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 
it's tough. I mean, it's crazy. Well, it's tough. It's crazy. It's a little, it's a whirlwind. Like you said, it's just this whirlwind feeling of, um, you know, I'm, we're both in college and, you know, just going through college, enjoying, uh, the college life and each other. And all of a sudden you're, you're okay. It's time to go to work. And you don't really think of it that way in baseball terms, but after, after you get there, it quickly hits you. This is a job and there's plenty, like I was the best where I was, you know, I was one of the best players around, you know, and all of a sudden I'm thrown in with a everybody who was the best at where they were around. And so that became a job really quickly, which um, when you're trying to you know, start a fa- start a, a life together with someone you love and, and you're married for the first time, you're responsible for somebody else. Um, you're actually living with someone else. You're oh, my. So, <laughs> I know that. I've been married coming up on 10 years. Ooh, 10 now. That's <laughs> yeah, awesome. but that first year was really hard for us. See, that's what I thought. I yeah. thought the first year was my hardest year. And Gary's like, oh, I don't think so. I'm like... <laughs> And she goes, I didn't really realize you thought that. And I go, oh, yeah, it was hard, really hard for me, all changing everything. Yeah. I mean, she thought it was, she's like, well, you always, and I go, no, no, no. I've, <laughs> I had to change a lot to fit in um, what I believe was best for us instead of just me. Right. Know? And so that, all that really was a tough, uh, you know, you know how it is, right? 10 yeah, years. Yeah, I know how it is. And I, I asked Alex that same question recently. And he said, it was actually on the podcast I did with him where I shared my story. And Mm -hmm. he said, I think that it was one of our hardest years because of course we've gone through miscarriage and that kind of stuff. But Mm -hmm. what I, the conclusion I came to is there's seasons of life, right? Mm -hmm. That are hard. But for me personally, that was, I think it was our hardest year just because like you said, it's like you're living on your own and you have expectations and then you get married and then it could be different than what you expected. So you really have to put in the hard work mm. to to have a thriving marriage. Exactly. So how did you do that? Because I know you guys have a thriving, vibrant marriage, and I, I know that takes you know dedication and commitment, but how did you, you do that? Yeah, the, one of the things that really helped me, Cass, was, was the fact that I, I really believed that, I mean, I knew God put us together. There was it, was it was one of those things where it's like, man, you know, we really thought about it. I remember when I asked Gary to marry me, she was like, okay, let me pray about it. I'm like... Well, what I you know, I'm talking. I didn't to... know that was her answer. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That's not a good answer here. You know, it's like that's awesome. I was scared to ask anyway. And then she says, "Well, oh, oh, well, this is great. Let me pray about it first, and I'll let you know." <laughs> and so I was like, "Okay." So one of those things where you know, you know, God's put you together. It's and it's. Uh, I felt like you know what? I know He's done this. I know it's it's His will that we be together. So. Um, this is it. I mean, so it's one of those things we we work together. Every time we had a problem, uh, we we thought about him. And Gary does, you know, say like, let's pray about it. If it was if it was a point of contention, you know, let's pray about it. And so a lot of those things um, helped us uh, just praying about things. And one thing that really I believe helped us as I look back on our all of our years of marriages is God put us together at an early age. And so we literally grew together. Um, we grew up as far as the life goes, um, what was expected of us in terms of what the world expects. We grew up in terms of, you know, just having kids together at a young age. We grew up in terms of just, you know, going through God's word and, and people teaching us. Uh, I remember our pastor in, in New Jersey when I was playing for the Yankees and we, we got to learn from him and learn from just going to church together in the off season. And, and when you grow up together, I think it, it really helps because we were we could see how each other were. And you know, when you're 22 years old, that's how you know that's how old we were when we got married. 22, you kind of barely barely know yourself. And so as you're growing up together, you kind of we got to learn about each other quickly, and we got to learn about how to stay together quickly. And it really helped our marriage uh, from the beginning to to build a foundation that was strong enough to to, to hold on when we when we hit those storms. So I'm thinking of so many different things. I love what you said. What is quickly, first of all? Like, did it, is, did it take years to really learn that? Because I'm thinking, we've been married 10 years, and I feel like I'm just learning that in a lot of ways. You know, I was 21 mm-hmm. when I got married, and Alex was 24. Um, and I just, I love your wisdom. Just, But, I, you know, hearing what you said of just about, like, growing up together, I feel like we're really learning. I don't know. I just, I don't know. I feel like since my dad died in August mm-hmm. and now I just feel like Sorry. it's kind of like this whole new identity thing, just like learning and learning about Alex and realizing, wow, you really did put us together. And I think Alex is very similar to you as far as like he was committed from the beginning and I was committed to as far as not getting a divorce, mm-hmm. but I don't want to just be married and, you know, just to not, uh, just to not be happy and just, so anyways, I'm grateful, um, 
Do you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. Yeah. No, I know what you're saying. I, I, I agree. You know, what, what I'm saying in my mind is like, we were kind of like put together. I knew that. So I felt like, okay, now this is going to be a long process of really getting to, to know each other and getting better together. And so as I look back on it, it's really helpful. <laughs> it's really helpful for people when I think, I think forward, I don't know what's ahead, but I think back and I go, wow, look what God was doing through all this. I mean, he literally helped us to, to learn about each other. Even today, like just a couple of days ago, Gary and I were talking about, yeah, remember, gosh, it's so great to learn this about you and kind of grow together still. And we're still growing. So do you feel like the first step is people have to, in marriage, like when they're starting out, first of all, they have to be committed. Like they have to be mm. all in. They're not, divorce is not going to be an option. Uh, is that the first step? I, I think that's a, yeah, that's a, definitely the first step. But I think also that what goes along with that, that word commitment is is committed to what? You know, right. not, not just committed to, to not get a divorce. Right. Not, right. Not just committed, but committed to, I don't, I mean, I guess you learn that uh, committed to, to the Lord, <laughs> to the Lord's will in our, in your life, committed to helping that person um, become better, that committed to growing yourself. So you um, really form a bond of, of one as God wants you to committed to a lot of different things, um, committed to being healthy, committed to being, um, to fitting a, building a foundation that helps not only yourselves, um, grow together, but the people around you grow. I mean, it's a lot of commitment involved in marriage. And I think a lot of it is shown by, you know, how God says when the, you know, you know, when two are gathered, two or more are gathered, you, you know, that, that strong strand of three is even stronger. The two hold to help each other up, but three is even stronger. So, you know, us being tied to together to what his calling for our life is makes us strong together. So that's the foundation really is you've got to know the Lord like you did, you found on your own and then you're married and you were committed and Gary was committed just to sticking together. And, and I know she, you guys have put in the hard work. So it's just cool. Will you take us kind of through, through that when hard times came, like, sure. And, and how you do stay committed. Sure. Yeah. Well, you know, as everybody knows, Gary's the rock, right? She's the strongest one. <laughs> I'm, you guys I, both are. I'm kind of like the guy who sort of like made sure I've stayed with her so I could be stronger. <laughs> okay. So she, you know, she was this, you know, strong one. Cause you know, my, our life was crazy growing up, uh, 22 years old. I got, you know, when I got to the big leagues was I, tw- I was just 22 years old in the major leagues playing for the New York Yankees. And so life got going pretty fast. You know, when you think about growing up, you think about, man, if I'm, and you think immaturely, you think oh, if I'm rich and I'm famous, I'm a bit major league baseball player. That's my dream come true. And that's all going to be great. And that came on us fast and that happened really fast. So for me, um, I, I, you know, I always talk about, and I try to help players now don't get swallowed up by the game. Um, well, I got swallowed up by the game. Um, what happened was, as you could probably imagine, it happens in major league uh, athletes a lot. As you get swallowed up by the game, you get you start to believe how people tell you how great you are. Since I was seven, everybody told me how great I was, and I, you know, treated me better than everybody else. And 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 then I started acting. Guess what? Like I was better than everybody else. And like started believing it a little bit. Absolutely. Okay. Because if you know, if you think about it, if somebody treats you a certain way your whole life. You start, I mean, it's crazy almost, but some people talk a lot about, uh, you know, when I was younger, I was neglected. I was told I wasn't good enough. And I was, I'm and they like, start believing it. Yeah. And, yeah. and I always think to myself, wow, that's weird. I was the opposite. I was younger and I, I was treated great. And everybody told me how great it was. And that screwed me up. Yeah. And because I started believing that I was better than everybody else. And so you start to think that, you know, that applies to some people, but not really me. Or, you know, I can do this and kind of get away with it. Or, you know, nobody sees anything wrong with it. And so I, I fell into a trap um, of just in baseball where you're surrounded by a lot of you know, a lot of trouble. And I fell in the trap of, of adultery. And so when I when that happened, um, you know, I just, you know, like most people that were supposed to be holy and great and leaders and and godly men i i i hid it and i i felt ashamed by it all and i and i just uh, kept it a secret from everybody that could and 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 it but it just ate away at me it ate away at me years went by and and i started as my baseball career started kind of dwindling down and falling apart where i wasn't very good anymore um i started to see that there was a lot in me that was that was wrong and it was my base my whole life a lot of it i should say on on looking good in front of others on being really good baseball player on being a really good person in front of others and i neglected 
deep down inside who I really was becoming and who God was making me or trying to make me into. And I think uh, as God tore that down in me, I remember just, just thinking, you know, at, at one point in my life, just going, God, I just, I, I feel like everything, everybody seems like they think everything's good around me still, but I know I'm not uh, where you want me to be. Um, I just want to be a real, I just want to be a godly man. That's, that's, I came back to that foundation, I guess that's that spot where I was before where I felt like I'm going to be a godly man. Well, now I'm thinking I'm not a godly man, but that's what I want to be. And, um, and so he, he kind of, you know, I said, okay. I remember just thinking, he was just thinking, okay, let's, let's see what that looks like. And he, and he showed me pretty quick that, uh, what I needed to do, um, was to release all, all secrets. Um, he wanted me to he gave me a foundation, just grow together with your wife, make a difference in this world for me. And that was the foundation that I needed to go back to. And so in order to do that, I remember feeling in my heart, okay, well, I'm going to confess to you all my sins. Just I'm confessing right now all my sins, and I know you're going to cleanse me from my sins. I know you're going to forgive me, and we and I can get up and keep and move on and be a godly a godly man. And he said, that's, that's, I remember thinking, okay, that's great. All right, I'm, I felt great. And then the next day, I just felt like, no, that's it's more to it. And he's like, yeah, there's more. He's like, you need to confess to your wife. And um, I was like, whoa, what do you mean? Confess what? He's like, yeah, your sins, your sins of adultery to your wife. And, the, you know, confess them to her and ask for her forgiveness. And all I could think of, Cass, was, uh, I mean, there's no question in my mind, I'm going to lose, I'm going to lose my family. I'm going to lose my wife, my family, because as, <laughs> as it goes, you typically hear all the time, or I did, and I'm sure a lot of players do in, in their lives. Is, well, I see other guys cheating on their wives. If you do that with me, I'm gone. And I'm, taking, I'm gone, and I'm taking our kids, and we're gone. And so that's what I thought was going to happen. I, so, but God you know, made me face, face up to things and say, and made me think either I can do that, you know, confess and lose my family and have all of him, or I can continue to pretend that I'm this great guy over here and I'm um, not not tell her and you know feel a little bit good because i've confessed it to him but i won't have all of him because he's asked me to do something um uh, really hard he's asked me to confess to her so once i dis if i continue to disobey him in that word in that regard um i'll never um get to be with the god that i the godly man that i want to be with him and so i just took a leap of faith thinking you know what i'd rather if i'm gonna lose my family i know but that's okay because i'll have all of you jesus wow. I'll have all of you and then I felt like a release. I felt like, um, yeah, that's that's what I'm missing. Had there been a lot of time when you felt that from him, him telling you to tell his tell your family, uh, you know, in between when you had the affair and when you told them? Oh yeah, yeah. And I, you know, you said years earlier. Was it a long time in between that? It was. It was about. I'd say. Uh, yeah, I'd say about two years where I felt like. I'm trying to think. Yeah, about two years where I felt like, you know what? This is wrong, man. This is wrong. I felt like I'm not, you know, I'm over this. I'm not going to do this again, but this is wrong. And then, I, and of course, because I've already fallen into that sin, I fall back into the sin because it's still nobody knows. Right. And I can just ask God to forgive me and he'll forgive me. And I just kept falling back and forth. And I, I was just basically tossed to and fro. Like the you know, Bible says, you know, it's unstable man just gets tossed to and fro like the wind. So you didn't lose your family. No. So what ended up happening when you confessed your family? It's crazy. It was it was one of the craziest experiences I've ever. I mean, still to this day, it's hard to uh, it's hard to picture how it worked out so well uh, that God li literally caught me as I jumped and said, "Okay, I'm gonna I'm I'm yours. Just do whatever you want with me. I, I, but I'm gonna confess. I'm gonna obey you." And once I obeyed him, he literally. It wasn't instantaneous. Oh, no problem. I forgive you. No, it was. There was consequences. Oh yeah, it was definitely consequences of. I hurt the, the person in my life that I loved the most, and I thought to myself, if I can actually, hurt so deeply the person, in my life that I loved the most, wow. Think of what I'm really capable of doing. This is crazy. Without being, without having God see and know every part of me, that's that's just as a really crazy inside me is really rotten that I need to clean out, and that's what God started the process of doing. And so while He was doing that, I believe Gary was able to see um, not a man that she wanted to leave, but a man that uh, that she was willing to see what God was doing in that man. And I believe that uh, she explains that God just kept telling her, um, "Just hang in there." 
hang in there. I'm almost, I'm almost there with him. He's almost there. And, um, and I didn't, she really loves you. Yeah. Yeah. We, we really loved each other. Um, it's, I don't even know how to explain it. What happened? It's, it's so baffling to me how I got to where I got to be able to, you know, just cheat on my wife, um, that I love so much. It just doesn't make any sense other than I just, I don't know. I really don't know. It's, it's, it's one of those things where I think Satan got a foothold somewhere in my life, somewhere, and just kept, was still there and still there and dug in. And, and, um, until I was ready to really, uh, open and reveal myself and, and, and let go of what I was holding on to. Uh, and God was able to heal that up. I wasn't able to take another step forward. Wow. It's so powerful. I just appreciate your transparency and just sharing this because I think one thing that's so cool is that, well, for one, I don't know anyone that has stayed together besides mm-hmm. y'all after an affair, my parents, that's why they divorced. Mm-hmm. But I remember my mom saying the same thing as well, uh, that she always said, you know, if he ever cheats on me, I'm leaving. But then after he did cheat, she, the, she heard the Lord, thank God say, no, not yet. Mm-hmm. And their story ended in divorce, but do you have encouragement for people that are facing that? Like, cause I think one thing that's really cool is that y'all are still married 38 years you're married yeah. and, um, there is hope for people right. after anything. Right. I, you know, Cassie, I learned a couple things. Uh, one thing myself, I learned that, uh, men are, and I still I see this in every man that I'm around, um, we're prideful, really prideful. And so I learned myself that I, and to this day, I fight it. I, I'm a prideful man. And I need to fight that by being humble. Uh, it's the only, the only, the only battle that wins pride is, is humility. And so when I was, I literally, when I revealed to everybody and I told Gary, I remember when I told her, you can tell anybody you want. I don't, I don't care. I, I I'm, I'm so ridiculously mad at myself and can't believe I did this whatever you need to heal. I said, you can tell anybody you want, just if it helps you heal, if it helps somebody else, I'm fine with it. And I think once I, once I really believed I did that and felt that I was literally humiliated. I mean, I was humiliated. I was like, you know, I felt like everybody's looking at me like, yeah, Oh, you're the Christian guy. Okay. You're already, you already, you were doing this while you were telling us all these other things. And so I was literally humiliated and I felt not bad by being humiliated. I felt, I felt like, okay, this is what humble a consequence, means. yeah. And this is what humble means. I mean, when you're humbled, it, it, it doesn't feel like you're doing something great. It, it feels like you are putting yourself where you belong, in the place of where God has you. And I felt like, you know, I'm not better than anybody else. I felt like I'm just learning like everybody else. And I felt really good about um, being humble. That was number one. I like that a lot. And, and the second thing I learned is, is as a God called me to... Uh, be a godly man. A godly man leads his family well. And so how am I going to do that? And and one way I can do that is by, uh, he showed me, is to make my wife feel safe. Um, what I did to her stripped everything that you could think of that could make her feel safe with being married to me. She's got to believe that I'm capable of doing that over and over and over again. So I, as I started to realize that, I thought to myself, how do I make her feel safe again? Because she was at one point, but now I think I've stripped her of that thought process, of that feeling, that faith in me to be feel safe in our marriage. And so my, so my, I was striving to make her feel safe. And God showed me through her words um, how that how I could do that. Because I remember she said this years ago, probably twenty thirty, probably at least twenty years ago. And she said, you know, I feel safest with you. She was because it was a, it was a time when I was doing really good with the Lord, and we were having a great time together. Our relationship was really growing back to being great and strong again. And she said, I, I feel so safe with you when I know you're in the Word and I know you're praying. And I never forgot that. She said it maybe two or three times. And to this day, this years, twenty years ago at least, and to this day, that's what I tell guys. I said. When you want to make your your marriage really good, when you really want to humble yourself before your wife, I said, make sure she feels safe. And this is what my wife told me, um, how she feels safe. She Gary feels safe when she knows I'm in prayer and I'm in the Word. And that those two things I'll never forget. So whenever I feel like I need to lead better, Cass, I just get back in the I get deep in the Word and I and I start praying for our family. 
How do you have motivation to do that? I am most attracted to Alex also when he is in the word and praying. Um, how do you stay motivated to do that? Because I know, especially in a year like this with Corona and everyone being home and everything, it can be easy to get distracted by a cell phone or whatever. Mm -hmm. How do you stay motivated to, to, and really not distracted to mm -hmm. get in the word? Yeah, there's a couple of things I, I've learned and I want to preface this by saying I've, I'm, I'm learning and I have learned. So it's been a long, long process and I'm looking forward to the process continuing. Amen. But what I've learned is, is that I, I, I need to, and like, it goes back to pride again. Pride is about yourself. And so when I think about um, when I think about myself, I think, okay, how do I grow in the Lord? How do I grow, not for me only, but for for me, for Gary, for the people that are around me? And so I think, what am I at my best for me and for those around me? And I'm at my best when I'm in the Word and I'm in prayer. And so it it kind of comes back to what's good for me, but it also spreads to those around me. It overflows. And so my thought, every it was so many thoughts, but every morning. I remember Gary, um, well, I used to do it every morning. Every morning I'd get up, and this is, well, this is, this kind of dates me a little bit, Cass, but I'd get up and I'd read the paper. Yeah. <laughs> go to the sports page, you know. Yeah. Well, then, then it became, okay, I get up and I go on my computer and I look on, the, you know, sports news and, and, and check out how everybody's doing and whatever the game was last night or how the rosters are the shaping stats, up. Yeah. Stats, all this stuff, right? So that was first. And then I try to, maybe I'd look over what's going on in the world a little bit, and, you know, and then I'd, I'd get, eventually get to something. But then, you know, stuff would happen and things are going fast. You got to go, whatever. You got to go to work got to go to the ballpark got to whatever and so things get going so and and then you know sometimes oh i, I you know, i'd run out of time to get into the word i'd run out of time to be to be alone with god and so gary would always kind of she goes she'd say stuff to me like what i mean what do you man she'd say you're the man you're in the paper again did you you just you know just did you get in the word today you know or something like yeah just not not like just innocently she would say did you get, in, get a chance to get in the word today and i'd be like uh, you know, uh, you know, you know, a little bit, you know. Would so, that annoy you? Yes. She didn't. Mean, okay. Yeah. <laughs> yes, it's annoying. But what it did also, once again, if you're a man um, that wants to be godly, you you need to be humbled. And so what what I found is what my wife I used to try to. Okay, you could picture Gary. You know, you go Gary. I mean, Gary spiritually is like on the mountaintop yeah typically in my mind at least that's my whole life she's been on the mountaintop <laughs> and i've been down here in the valley trying to catch up well god showed me this he said I'm not, don't worry about her don't catch up to her catch up to me amen that's so good yeah so i finally learned that i finally learned that i'm not I, in order to lead my family i used to think i have to be know as much as her or more than her and then lead well and God's like, no, 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 no. You need to follow me and listen to me, and that's being a leader of your family. And so I would learn how to, okay, if I want to do that, okay, once again, what I need to do, I need to humble myself, don't listen to what she's saying. I know what she's saying. She's saying what I need to do, and she's right. I don't need to listen to her. I need to listen to what God's saying. And God's saying, okay, so what are you going to do? And I'm like, oh, you're right. I need to. So I, my, I strove, or my striding was to be the first thing I got up to do in the morning was getting God's word. That's what my goal was. And is that where you really learned his voice as well? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Because, cause that's kind of like, you know, you hear him now and then you hear him now and then, and, but you realize the only thing that really like you, or you get advice from people, but the only thing that's really the truth is God's word. Cause pe there's well-meaning people. There's, there's, um, mentors, there's leaders, there's great godly people in your life for a reason. But what they're going to say to you, if it's not straight from Scripture, isn't really truth. It's help. Now, is it going to be helpful to you? Probably. But maybe, you know, maybe God's got something else to say. When we go into His Word, it's all truth. And so I was, as I started to, to realize that, but um, I realized that by reading His Word. And I realized that by the first fruits of my day. first thing in my day was to go to Him instead of something else. Then I started to get better at it. And I started to, to learn from it. So how did it not become just words on a page to you, but really become alive to you? Yeah, it's it's interesting. It, there's I always tell guys um, there's a first step. Like you don't even like sometimes I I can't remember commit, commitment was the first step. Committed to um, getting to his words quickly as I could first thing in the morning. Committed to praying first thing in the morning. You know those two things together. So as I look back, did I do that every morning? No, but that was my that was my I wanted I was committed to getting there, and so it 
this first step wasn't okay. I, you know, Monday I do it, Tuesday I do it, and then oh, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday I messed up. I didn't. I got busy and then so then I throw it all in. No, I get back up on on Saturday, Sunday. I, mean, I, I get up again and keep trying to do it. So the best picture I can give guys is, um, is just got to keep going. And the best picture I have in my house is, and I, we're in our house right now. You can see all these bookshelves I have. Um, built-in bookshelves that i made upstairs and made some more i made some more shelves for gary he just built a barn door last night <laughs> looks incredible oh, I'm he's a all. great handyman I'm, I'm i told him when he gets out of baseball he needs to do this as a business <laughs> i'm learning right so but i did all these shelves now caster now they are full of books right right and i was a guy i grew up i didn't read i mean i didn't read I didn't read books. I was an athlete, and once school was over, with, I didn't want to read another book. But so I tell guys, you know, and they go, "Yeah, I'm not a reader either. I'm not a reader. Yeah, I'm not." Well, I wasn't, but those books are full. Those shelves are full. I should say of books, and got, you know, books about God, how to get to God, how to know God. There are books about Abraham, and I. I mean, there are books about people of God in the Bible. There are Bibles. There, there's self help books. There's all kinds of things that lead um, booking books that I've read that are leading me to God's Word and leading me to understand His Word better. And I'm not saying I read all of them, but I read a lot of them. And I was so you. But the first step was reading the first book. The first step was getting up that Monday morning and saying, "Okay, I'm going to go to the Word first. And now, as twenty so years have passed by of really moving down that road of commitment and living that commitment out better and better, I can't even describe to you um, how I've grown. Because what I used to do, I think everybody does this, Cass, which is this is me preaching a little bit more, but what I, what I used to do is I used to, when crisis time came up in my life, whether it's for me or my family, decisions, especially crisis decisions to be made, um, times when my family needs me to show their, my leadership and make the right decision for my family, I would, I would think about it and I'd pray about it and then I'd do what I know. And typically what I know is what I'm filled with. So in other words, if something came up with my son and I needed to discipline him or should I discipline him or should I show him this or should I show him that, uh, I remember thinking, okay, what did my dad do? My dad did this and that worked with me and that's how I proceed. Uh, now, that same story comes up in my head. I'm thinking, what, now what, do I, what, would I, what am I going to do to help my son? I think of what God did in the Bible. I think about what oh, what did Abraham do with Isaac. I think about what what happened to Joseph when you know he you know what he dealt with his father and that that, that relationship. So good. And I it automatically comes to my mind now more what I read in the Bible because that's what I know. What I know now overtakes what I learned from my dad, my mom, the world. What I know now is overtaken by my commitment to be in the Bible and in prayer every morning for. The last 20 some odd years more and more so has overtaken everything else that i know and so what i know now comes out of christ when i crisis situations decisions of of importance god's word comes to my mind way quicker than what the world says so regardless of what's going on around you and this has been a lot going on i imagine your baseball schedule has completely changed you guys were home during this last year during the right. pandemic right so regardless of what's going on around you in the world or with you, like you said, your kids or grandkids or whatever, one thing that stays the same is God. And one thing, one thing that stays consistent, it sounds like in your life is you going back to the word. So mm. is that true? Yes. Yeah. It, it, it really does. It, it's, that's a perfect uh, way of looking at it. Cause what happens is obviously we get off track and we, we, you know, we get moved in certain directions like the pandemic. Unfocused. Yeah. Pand pandemics really arrested our, all of our lives. Right. And um, so, but basically it's, it's, it's interesting you say that cause the first thing, you know, when I remember Gary and I were talking together about this is crazy, all that racial injustice yeah. and all this craziness of the pandemic and the An election, election and stuff and, all, and, and everything. And literally what comes to mind and, you know, what do we do? How, how can we help? And I, and I remember the first thing I said was, you know what, you know, the Good Samaritan, what about that story? You know, all these people walked by this guy who was struggling on the road. It was a priest, it was a Levite. They're supposed to be, you know, religious people and they maybe good reasons walked on the other side of the road but somebody that was basically not looked at very highly guy who was basically um you know persecuted for being a half-breed so to speak they call it samaritans he went over and took care of this guy you know it, it's like you know that's who god says is our neighbor and he says love our neighbor he doesn't say oh the guy who agrees with you 
and everything that you're doing, love that person and, and the other people protest against them. <laughs> yeah. He, he says, love our enemies. He doesn't, right. he doesn't say, um, you know, start doing crazy things and, 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 and uttering bad words about our name. No, he says, love them. And so that kind of took over um, as we jump back to how do we you know, deal with all this stuff? It jump back into what God's word says, how to deal with it, how, how to deal with it. That's so good. That's a lesson. Like, I feel like the Lord, I told Alex this the other day is teaching me and just bringing back up again too, is that I'm only responsible for me. I'm not responsible for anybody else. And so what do you want me to do, Lord? Do you want me to focus on you? And like, Mm. he keeps showing me, focus on me. Don't worry about anything else. Even in the smallest things, like Mm. in my house, you know, I mostly stay at home with the kids. I've got two kids, as you know, two and under and just refocusing back on him. And like, I... Even in my marriage, I can't control and I don't want to control anything that Alex is doing. You know, mm-hmm. I need to do do me, do my life, focus on me, and God will take care of the rest. Right, right, and it's so true. And and it's and I just encourage you to Gary, um, her part in our marriage has been incredible. I mean, it's just a, a tremendous, like it says in the word, a helpmate, a tremendous helpmate. She. And not by telling me what to do, and not by, uh, you know, you know, just whatever. But her prayers, that doesn't work either. By the way. <laughs> it will never work, right? <laughs> it might do the opposite, actually. Yes, true. <laughs> I've learned that. I was telling her, don't tell me what to do. <laughs> but she just, just her words. I I'm mean, like, but my heart is right. Right? No, it's so funny because her words mean so much. I mean, she never. Uh, I shouldn't say never, but rarely preaches to me. She tells me what she thinks. Yeah. Um, she reveals to me her heart. And it it, it, it makes me kind of go, I'm like, okay, why don't I do that? Why don't I tell her what I'm thinking? Why don't I reveal my heart to her? Maybe that would make her know me better and understand um, that she can trust in me and believe in me uh, more than she even does now. I mean, that's what we're supposed to help, how we're helping each other. So I, I, you know, I take to heart everything she says. Trust me, Alex does too, <laughs> everything you say and in a good way. And um, eventually it really helped me. I mean, eventually, you know, it's like being stubborn and prideful, but it's like, wow, a lot of things that I do now that are really good for our marriage are based on what she's told me and what she's basically not telling me what to do, but just told me how she's feeling and what she feels when I do things or say things or, or how she feels about our family and how, how she feels about our marriage. I love that. And I noticed with Judah, like he will do more of what I do than what I tell him to do. You know, uh, right. he, he mm. if I am really just doing what I want him to do, then he's going to do it rather than me, you know, saying it. And that's how God looks at us as well. It's like he wants that relationship with us and there's no condemnation there. There's no mm. shame there. He's not like, you know what I mean? Like there's yeah. nothing bad there. He just looks at us and loves us. Like you right. were saying earlier and and I love that. <laughs> yeah, no, you're right. I picture Gary getting up in the morning, uh, you know, when she was working two jobs and when I was managing or coaching in the minor leagues and I'd come home in, in the off season, she'd, you know, I'm getting ready for my second job, you know, and she's, she's up, you know, five o'clock in the morning cause she's got to get the, the word in her heart before right. she starts getting ready for work and getting the kids ready for for school. And I remember, same. <laughs> yeah. Right. I remember seeing that and it, it like to this day, I'm, you know, we kids are, I'm gone, right? They're grown up and <laughs> now you got grandkids. Right, it's so, your granddaughter's eleventh birthday today. Shout that, out Reese. That's right, Reese. But you know, that all that uh, I can still picture it. And it and it makes me um it moves me to do what I what I do today. Yeah. Which is get up and get in the word. Yeah. Okay, so I want to talk to you. You mentioned earlier about mentorship and having mentors in your life. Mm-hmm. Uh, what's the importance of that? If you don't have a mentor in your life, like if, if any of our listeners don't have mentors, I know you said like the word is the most important, but you also said you had mentors as well. Mm-hmm. What do you recommend for people? How how do you find a mentor? Yeah, it's, you know, sometimes I wonder if I even do. Um, I, I think about it a lot and like, you know, because we hear about, what it, how important mentorship is and we want to be able to help people especially my age i want to help the, those that are coming after me younger younger men that are in leadership roles uh, obviously everybody is with their families and so what what i think in my in terms of mentorship i think in a lot of times i think about okay who would who would i call my mentor and i don't even know who that is but i also know that as i wait to um to know who that is, or as I believe, oh, okay, this 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 has helped me. I start to recall who has helped me, and why that person. I uh, think about the texts I get every day from Clint Hurdle, 
uh, who was manager of the, of the Colorado Rockies for a long time and the manager of the Pittsburgh Pirates for a long time, who's now retired. I think about those messages I get from him every, every day for the last, I don't know how many years. I think about those words that have helped me because he's basically a mentor, I believe, is somebody who basically helped me with his words or with his actions lead me back to God, lead me to God's word. And everything that, and everybody that leads me to God's word is so helpful. Um, so everybody needs somebody like that in your life because there's going to be a lot of people that want to help or a lot of people that are going to want to give you advice or a lot of people that are going to want to just be a part of your life. But that I believe that mentor is uh, important because that mentor, whoever it is, it could, you know, in my, my case, it was, it was Gary for the longest time uh, where she would lead me, her words her actions would lead me to God's word. I love that. And again, it goes back. It takes humility to be able to say, like, my wife was my mentor. Like, mm -hmm. I love that because I feel like a lot of guys would never want to say that. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, man, I, I honestly, <laughs> I think everybody, My, it's funny. We talked to my kids. We talk about it all the time. We just shake our heads and go, mom, this is amazing. <laughs> it's like, this is like an incredible woman who's like, there's, there's, there's just nobody knows anybody like her. And I think it's another thing with mentors. If you... If you believe that everybody is a certain way, or if you believe, I don't know anybody that would do that, you know, I only know anybody that really, pre I hear preachers preaching it, but I don't see them doing it. Or I hear people talk about this, but these right things, the right way to do things and right ways to live, but they're not doing it. I don't see them doing it, but I get to see this every day. I get to see this daily. I get to, it's not that it's easy for Gary to be uh, the righteous woman that she is, because there's, I mean, she's a human being. But the way she strives to be, um, to be right in God's eyes, the way she moves and does things in her life to make sure that she is moving in that direction at least is amazing to watch. And that's a mentorship that's it's uh, it's unparalleled. You can't you can't sit there and watch somebody do something and continue to be uh, godlike in godly ways and and get gain God's favor and not witness it and go, wow, that's, that's I want to be that too. I want to be. I want to. I want that favor too. I want to be godlike or Christian um, like that. To, uh, like that also. Okay, so coming to a close, I love everything that you said. Um, we need mentors, but really, we need to focus on the Lord, and He can be our ultimate, ultimate source of everything of showing us how to be humble, how to have a thriving marriage. He really redeemed your marriage, right? Absolutely. And just, I mean, I know He did, but He really did amazing things. The place that you guys are at now, you said you have an amazing wife. You do, and you have an amazing family. You're amazing. Y'all are all amazing. <laughs> I'm honored to be here and a part of your life. Um, but is there any last tips or words of advice or encouragement you'd like to give to anyone? Yeah. Um, what comes to mind right away, Cass, is, ah, man, it's, it's a long process. It's a process. I am 60 years old. Um, I can say, honestly, the last, I told my son, this is kind of funny. I said, I didn't start growing up till I was 35 years old. I told him, I said, son, I didn't start growing up till I was 35 years old. And he's old. not even 35 yet. I said, you are not allowed <laughs> to wait that long you need to start i told him this years ago you are not allowed to wait till you're 35 you need to grow up you need to be a man you know put away childish things as the word says put away childish things and become a man become a man of god because and he says that in his word because guess what there's a lot of men that they're still doing childish things probably like most men and so um the key to me to being the godly man that, uh, that I've been called to be, the key to getting to the point where uh, we can actually do these things that I'm talking about in a, in a, you know, just in the right direction, moving in the right direction daily, is understanding that we need to be humble, and we need to be humble. The understanding that, you know, we're not there yet. We're not, I'm 60 years old and I'm not there. So every man needs to hear. I believe every leader needs to hear when you when you stumble, when you fall, when you trip get tripped up. Don't be afraid to show that it happened. Um, don't keep any secrets. Because people need to see somebody fall and get up. People need to, to witness um, righteousness and follow it. People need to, to hear and see what works and, and, and follow that example. And see and hear what doesn't work and learn from it and say, hey, I'm not going to do it that way. Um, a lot of things I've learned over the last uh, year, especially about... We talked about our nation going through a lot of stuff with racial injustice and and that we can see with our own eyes. Uh, but the craziness about uh, whether it's the election and whether it was it was rigged or not or 
uh, all the the stuff that people are, are worried about it's it's insane to think that we can't learn from it it's insane to think that we've all been cooped up and all kind of <laughs> We can't be around our friends and hug each other. We can't do anything, right? <laughs> We're all on social media. Yeah, we can't. And so everybody is, is doesn't know what to do with it. Well, I tell you, I can tell what everybody can do. God's word says to humble me. If my people will humble themselves and come to me and pray to me and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, he says, guess what I'm going to do, guys? If you guys, if, but he says, if, then I will heal. I will hear from you. I will heal your land and forgive your sins. What more could we want than that? He, but, he, but there's a condition there. So I think if we listen to God's ifs, if we do this, then this will happen, um, that he will do things. I think we'll be better off. And, but, but we just also have to realize, Cass, that the biggest thing is keep going. Get up off the mat and keep going. We will stumble. We will fall. But God has patience. He, he, read, the, read your Bible. Read the, read the Old Testament. All these people, David, Joseph, all the mistakes that Abraham made and all these terrible, terrible mistakes. We would, we would be yelling at them and booing, at, booing them right now for it. We would be you know, condemning them and talking badly about them if, if, if it was now. But guess what they all did? Um, they all got up off the mat. God's patience allowed them to still be blessed by him, still be amazed by who they are, and, and, and God helped them up and helped them move on to, to being the men and women they call them to be. And so, um, you know, my advice is don't stop. Keep going. Um, you know, have a vision of what God wants you to be. Um, seek that vision out. Strive to, to get there and take a step today. Um, if you don't take a step, you're not going get, to get near it. So take a step. Don't, don't think you're going to run to the end the end zone and and get the touchdown right away get to take a step to get to the end zone so keep going uh, i'm going to keep going um i'm going to stumble but i'm going to get back up and i just uh just hoping that uh everybody listening will you know take that um take that advice and keep going like i'm gonna well i'm gonna take that advice and it was <laughs> so good thank you so much for sharing your story it's powerful oh, I and it. i just really appreciate it oh Cass, i love you know I hate the the bad stuff that I've gone through to get to to where I can um, tell those stories, but I love what God's done with it, and, yes, and how He's taken it and turned it to into uh, into a great great thing for His for His name. Yes, He totally has, and I'm just so grateful that you would share it with us. Thank you, Bobby. You're welcome. Well, the fun question I like to ask at the end of every episode, I think I told you this beforehand. I hope I did. If not, you're on the spot. <laughs> but if you could sit down yeah. with anyone from the past or present yeah. and hear their God stories, who would it be Ooh, and wow. why? Wow. I know you get to hear God stories all the time through Gary. So. Uh, yeah. You know, <laughs> the, one, the one person right now that, that's really um, resonating in my heart is Abraham. Okay. Um, just how he... Um, you know, I'd be like, why, why did you take so long? To, and what, what did you think when God said, get up and go and go to Canaan? You know, yeah. you're, you know, you're, you're an older guy and you just, all of a sudden you got to move your whole, fa- you move your family or leave your family. He said, leave your family. Um, and, and, and I, and I'd also ask him, why did you, <laughs> why did you let, why did you let Sarah go to the Pharaoh? Why did you tell him, make him, make, you know, tell Pharaoh I'm your sister, you know, uh, why did you do that? You know, just a lot of questions that would ask, um, yeah, just guys that have started things like Abraham. He's our father in faith who started, you know, God chose to start um, the, the nation of Israel, his chosen people. Um, that'd be kind of cool to just find out how he and God got along to be able to start um, the chosen people. I love that that's the story you said, because so often you just hear when you sacrificed your son, Isaac, that's the mm. story, but you didn't even mention that. I yeah. love what you said. I can't remember, but recently I heard someone mention that as well as like going deeper in Abraham's life. Oh, it was on Better Together, a show. And the girl, she's, um, you know, the Potter's house, T.D. Jake, mm. she's a mm-hmm. pastor with them. But she was saying that as well as like, so often we look at that story, but not the story you just mentioned. And you <laughs> mentioned it. We got to go deeper in people's yeah. lives yeah. to really, to really learn. And I love that. That's yeah. so good. Yeah, I, you know, I tendency to pick out the bad part and try to learn, <laughs> learn from it. But no, I would. I oh man, there's so many people. But uh, yeah, that's one that comes to mind right now. That's really great. Well, thank you, Bobby. Oh, uh, you're welcome. Thanks, Jess. friends, for listening. Bye. <laughs> All right. Bye, bye. Hey. 
Hey friends, thanks for listening today. Wasn't it so good with Bobby? I just love so much of what he said. I just wanted to come on real quick and let you guys know, I know that St. Petersburg is not in Germany, it's in Russia, so sorry, especially since I have listeners in both places. I don't know if any of you picked up on that, but I'm sure our fellow German and Russian listeners did. I listened back and realized, huh, I don't think St. Petersburg is actually in Germany. I better correct that. Thanks for your grace, guys, and thanks for listening. I love you guys so much. If you enjoyed today's episode, go ahead and subscribe so it can get downloaded to your phone every week when I release an episode. I would love if you shared it with your friends and gave us a five-star rating on Apple if you liked it as well. Love you guys. Have a great day. Bye.